This is Talk It Over, the only dating relationship podcast that begins in bed. Make the time to subscribe. Now let's pull back those sheets. Can we talk about the relationships? Can we talk it over, see how we can build? Only you and I know that's the way it goes. In this big old bed, they're talking over so Talk it over. Yo, 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 this is your man, Big O, and you are listening to Talk It Over, the only dating relationship podcast that begins in bed. I am here with my lovely co-host, Trisha Trish, and an exciting panel of guest hosts, and woo, do we have a scorcher today. I cannot wait to get into it with this group. If If the kitchen isn't hot, I'm turning up the heat. I'm coming in guns blazing on this one. I, I'm strongly opinionated on this one, so I hope everybody's ready. Um, how is it, how, Trisha? How you been? I'm good. You know, I don't have too many complaints. Always somewhere in the world, I ain't got no business being. I'm good. I'm good. I had a great week preparing mm-hmm. for Christmas. I've got literally a Christmas tree in pieces sitting in my living room, looking at me as I stare back at it. Um, one of us going to decide what's going to happen with it. But nah, it's been a good week. It, it's definitely been a good week. What about you? So you're keeping up your passport blessings, I see. Yes, listen. Nice, nice. You have to. I want as many stamps in this book as I possibly can get. You know, flights are cheap. I'm extra cautious during COVID. You know, so, so far, so good. Okay, I'm glad you said you extra cautious during COVID because I'm thinking, how is she traveling so much during this pandemic? Either she's just like, you know, I, I bring it on or has the pandemic slowed you down any? Is this, are we seeing like a tenth of what your normal traveling schedule would be? Depending. I planned like from 2019, I planned for 2020 to be a heavy traveling year for me. Just I, I made a lot of different plans, go a lot of different places. Some of it internationally, some of it, a lot of it um, nationally. And I, for a good period of time, I didn't travel um, right in the height of the pandemic. I said no, just like everybody else. But then, you know, I, I when I'm going, I'm not going, you know, I'm not going out of state and then like ripping and running and clubbing and partying. And got all that. it, right. Well, some stuff is not open anyway. Yeah, like I'm going it. one place it. and that's where I'm staying the entire time. Okay, so you're kind of quarantining yourself. Good, good. Exactly, exactly. All I'm right. Listening. I say I'm smart about it, I'm smart about it. I just I believe need you. to get out of Buffalo. I believe you. I believe you. I just know if you ever come over here, we're gonna need to put you in a separate room for two weeks. For two weeks. <laughs> so you listen. Like that? Yeah, I got to. <laughs> I got to. It's not a game. So I'm gonna go ahead and introduce the guest host, and then we're gonna get to the feel-good story before we get to the topic. The newest, the newest first. We have Alexandra Hahn, who actually just published a book, and I'm gonna let her introduce herself. Alexandra, how are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. Uh, thank you so much. Um, I am Alexandra Han. I am. Um, my background is hotel sales and marketing. Last week, I have published my book. Congratulations. Um, thank you very much. It was very joyful and pleasant experience. And the title of my book is What Not to Date. Ooh. So, all right. So we, I like the sound of that one. What Not Today. I'm sure we'll get to it during uh, the duration of the podcast. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Glad that you are with us. And another guest host who is not a first time, but she's still a newcomer. So welcome back, Ms. Rhea Parks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me again. How are you today? All is well, all is well. I cannot complain. I'm alive, I'm healthy, my kids are healthy. So all is good. Amen, amen. And our official newcomer, even though he's not a, technically a newcomer, but officially today, we're going to bring him in to new. Mr. Hassan, how are we doing today? That, I'm doing no great, worries. my brother. I'm doing great. Glad to be here. You know what I mean? I got up this morning. I got a uh, faculty of all my fingers and all my toes, you know, so a lot is possible. So, Hassan, you, you, you were briefed on what the topic is, right? You know what we're going to get into. Uh, it's about relationships and marriage, uh, I believe. We're not, we're not going to give away too much, but yes, yes, that is 
we'll get into the specifics, but I just want to know that you're brief. You're good to go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm All right, because listen, yeah, I, it's, it's me and you on this okay, panel. Man. That's it. I'm, so when we when the knives come out, I'm going to be looking for you. Listen, I'm prepared, my brother. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm and, uh Okay, and, and Alexandra is, is an author, but she's not the only author on the panel. Success Inspirations 365. Nice. It's a, it's a monographic collection for every day of the year uh, using affirmations, aspirations, metaphors, idioms, and wise sayings. This so what not to like, date and success and inspiration 365. Every day, my brother. So is everybody ready to get into the feel-good story of the day? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So the reason we, we've been doing this and keeping up this tradition, I'm glad to, to be honored to be able to bring this news in. Is because, you know, we are all uh, inundated with terrible or dramatic or tragedy all the time. We're bombarded with it. So we want to give our listeners and our guests a breath of fresh air and actually promote good that is happening in the world that might be overlooked or overshadowed. So today, this article is coming um, out actually out of uh, uh, Pets for the Elderly, which is a nonprofit organization. Every day, uh, Pat Smith's rescue dog, his name is Brady, puts on a, sh puts on a show for her. Um, before she gives her the meal, she says circles. He politely turns around. During the daytime, he zooms in and out of his doggy doors frequently, checking on Smith. Or And he likes to play ball or head out for a walk. At night, he comes in her lap while she watches TV. When she says it's time to go to bed, he runs outside to do his business and hurries back into the crate. Smith, Pat Smith, who is 71, says he's a wonderful companion. He's a real comfort to me. She is a resident, a resident of uh, Grand Ledge, Michigan, and she adopted Brady two years ago from a local humane, humane society. Um, because she is over 60 years old, the shelter told her she qualified for an adoption grant. So Pets for the Elderly offers to participating shelters to help get uh, seniors age 60 and above to help them get, they, they quote studies that have shown that the elderly take better care of themselves because they have a pet in their life. They have someone depending on them. So it gives them new life. Uh, the group is alerting shelters of a new option to help cover the cost of routine veterinarian, veterinary care, surgeries, pet food, grooming, and in-home visits, as well as having shelter employees, the ones that are partnered with them, check in on the senior citizens that are caring for the adopted pets, that they can get more shelters to join them, and that more shelters will apply for grants to help keep pets in the homes of the seniors who love them. Right now, their goal, they're operating in 34 states. Their goal is to have at least one participating shelter in all 50 states uh, by January 1st of the new year. Um, and it just goes on to talk about how they really believe seniors feel more connected through their pets. Uh, and now, especially with COVID, bridging the isolation gap with companionship is going to show when we look back as being key to so many people's mental wellness. And they're going to stress that you don't have to necessarily live alone to be isolated. Um, but yeah, she loves hearing adoption stories. Yeah, I thought this was beautiful, especially during this time to help to look on yeah. the, the senior class and actually provide them with uh, companionship. So is everybody feeling good? Yes. Absolutely. Now, now, whose children knocking on the door trying to get in the house? Who, who's outside? Not mine. Not yours? <laughs> I didn't right. hear either, so. All right. Maybe I'm hearing things. All right. So, Trish. Trisha, Trish. Yes, dear. Can we let our listeners know what we're about to get into today? Yes. So, today's topic is, is marriage still a goal? Is marriage still a goal? Uh -huh. Why is it still a goal? Why and and on piggybacking on that, why are men and women shying away? Yeah, from commitment. So before I throw in my two cents, because I'm coming, I'm spitting hot fire like Dylan. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> before before I bring my two cents, then I want to throw. The, the mic over to our newest guest, Ms. Alexandra Hahn, 
and let's get your take on the topic. Again, welcome. And yeah, what what is marriage still a goal? What do you think? Why are men and women shying away from commitment? Well, thank you so much. I do believe, strongly believe that marriage is still a goal. And speaking uh, on my behalf, uh, my parents uh, have set such a uh, beautiful example as they've been married for 50 years. Wow. And um, what I see and- uh, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, what I feel and what I've seen and experienced is uh, mutual respect, uh, consideration. And uh, in Korean, we have this nunchi, uh, which is similar to emotional intelligence but more, uh, more uh, in-depth or a deeper uh, level uh, intuition of others' feelings. And I would say trust, respect, and um, love, and understanding, and, and compromise. That's what I have, um, uh, what I've seen, and that's how my parents instill um very traditional but still um i do believe in love strongly and i believe um that marriage um, is is beautiful it is is very hard but and complicated mm -hmm. but if both people are on the same page and uh, good personalities are very important and what values both uh people or couple has i think that would be as a strong foundation for marriage and okay so you do you think marriage should still be a goal you're on the you're of the population that still wants to be married correct yes so what do you what do you think yes i am okay so what do you think about the the population out there because we, we're seeing uh is that people are getting married a lot later if okay. if ever <laughs> we're starting to see an older population that have never been married um and yes. so what do you have any thoughts on on why that's occurring uh i think the reason why it's occurring is um if we uh speak of different generations millennials for instance um the priorities for millennials are uh, become becoming successful, and for generation like I would say our generation, um, timeless and mature generation, um, uh, trust. I think it's uh, fear that uh, uh, among women and men exists, and uh, fear of for men like losing their freedom uh, uh, and mm -hmm. maybe privacy. Okay. And uh, for women, uh, to fear of getting disappointed. Okay. And I I I don't want to face yes. Okay. All right. Those are those are very valid. Hassan, what you, what you got for me in the success, the inspiration? Is marriage still a goal? Or we. Uh yeah, I actually I actually believe that you can if there is uh, two individuals that come together as whole people themselves. You know, mm -hmm. without without the excess baggage that we often carry from our underdevelopment. So often uh, people come into adult relationships uh, still with unresolved childhood issues and early adult issues that they're not even aware that they even have. So, mm -hmm. so you can't touch what you don't know. You, if you don't know, you don't know. You can't touch what you don't know, right? Right, right. So they, they come into this, you know, a, a, a fragmented person and often have the expectations of the person that they're meeting to fill those voids which they mm -hmm. have. So then they go in a relationship needy, right? And the other mm -hmm. person might have a need, a codependent need to take care of the other person. So they have a dysfunctional relationship and there's mm -hmm. an imbalance. I mean, th that's just one scenario. There's just so many right. other ones. There's so many multiples. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's gonna be so many things, but it's like often people are also self-consumed with themselves. You yes. know what I mean? So, 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 so we have to, uh, let go of some of the selfishness and become selfless in relationships. And, and I've been awfully unsuccessful in a lot of relationships because of my self-centeredness, my immaturity, my dysfunction. And I didn't know any of these things at the time when I was in these relationships, you know what I mean? Right, um, right. So, so you know, um, probably write a list of a hundred different reasons why I got married really young and it was a catastrophe because she was young as well. 
Right. And I was still a kid, and so was she mentally. You know, um, it, it's real. It's, it's it's a great subject, and it's really complex. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's okay. Quite complex. So so what I'm hearing in and from the from the both of you is is one, um, definitely there's the prioritization of self in an effort to facilitate growth and maturity so that you can come to the relationship, not necessarily a complete person, but know, identify the things that you, the traps that you have from falling into uh, dysfunction or being able to recognize where that dysfunction is coming from. It may not be necessarily the relationship. It may be something that you have unresolved within yourself. And then you add on the other individual goals that Alexandra mentioned, which is like, we want to be successful. We want to be able to acquire and have a certain type of status. So let me ask Rhea and Trish, I want y'all to dig in here. (laughs) Does that matter or should that matter? Like when you're planning to marry someone, right? Like, let's say you found someone that you, you love and you can see yourself building a life in the future with that person. Does it make a difference if they've achieved what they feel is success, right? Because you like that person for who they are, where they are. And yes, everybody should have quote unquote goals and you should see some type of motivation towards something. But the fact that they haven't acquired it yet, does that take away from their viability as as a marriage as a as a mate Rhea you want to take this one or um so I don't think it takes away from what they have to offer what they may bring to the table as far as marriage I think you have to take into consideration the other person's mindset on how they how they see what that person brings to the table because when I think about myself and my husband and we've been married oh gosh is it 13 13 or 14 years I can look back hands down and say, neither one of us, where we are today is nowhere where we were when we first got married. We had a bunch of potential. And I think with, with our case, mm-hmm. we felt like we brought out the best in each other. I can't say I would be where I am today without That's my true. husband, like pushing me and, uh-huh. and I can't say he would be the same place without me, but we realized that and granted when we first got married, we we were not in that place. Um, and a lot of that potential, I saw like, I need him to get it together. This is frustrating. This is annoying. And again, I think it takes, it takes both people to be in, in, in a mature enough space to realize that and recognize, okay, this is our end goal or we're a team and working towards that. If I was with somebody that didn't see that, I'd be divorced without a doubt. So the reason I, I brought that up, and Trish, I want to hear from you as well. The reason I brought that up, because that that is one of the reasons that I feel a lot of, of men and sometimes women defer getting married because they're like, I haven't accomplished X, Y, Z first, or I'm not earning X amount first. So why would I go on and take on the responsibility or uh, of, of if I'm not, and it goes back to what Hassan said, being a, a complete person, because that is something they feel is incomplete. Right. I haven't established this. I haven't become successful at this. So I'm not complete enough to go and commit myself to to marriage to another person. So there there's a a priority uh, battle going on. Right. So it's it's it's, I want to be married, but I want this first. I can see myself with you, but I'm not the man that I want to be yet because I haven't accomplished this, I don't have this position, or I don't have this job, or or I don't have any job, maybe. That could be the case, you know? So what, what do you think, Trish? What, what do you think about the instances where people are being hard on themselves? Well, I always think of it like this, like I'm not married and I desire to be married. Um, but I feel like, it, as Rhea said, if you're with someone and you see that they have potential, I don't understand why that would stop you from exploring that potential together. Um, I feel like, Uh, together we can go a lot farther than we probably can apart and Rhea even just said it you know her husband pushed her to do things she's pushed her husband to develop and and do things himself I personally feel like um I feel like it's a little bit of selfishness and so I feel like if if I'm in a relationship with you and you won't marry me because you're doing x y and z you you're being selfish because 
we're already we've already established a relationship and as a relationship naturally progresses the natural course of progression is usually marriage especially long term if we're together and that is not a goal of yours or if you feel like you need to get yourself together before we get to this marriage you're i feel like you're wasting my time i feel like you're so selfish and so involved in what it is that you have to do that you're forgetting about the bigger picture of what we can accomplish together um and I see this a lot. Like I, I, I see friends of mine who've been in relationships for years and they're going through the same thing where now they're ready. One person is ready to get married, but the other person is, well, I still haven't accomplished. At this point, it's like, well, we've dedicated so much time to each other. Why don't we just go the full gamut and do it together? So but amongst your friends, is that an equal distribution or is it more women that feel that way or more men that feel that way? Which I which it's been more men that feel that way like I am yeah. most girlfriends that are still unmarried their 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 desire is to be married it's like I will take you and meet you halfway like I will meet you where you are and we can work on these things together now I'm not saying you know they're not saying they're going to take the bottom of the barrel neither am I but in the same instance that if you have let's say there you have goals that you're working towards as long as i know you're working towards them and that this isn't a facade like why can't we progress to the natural next step without you having completed them we can definitely do this together if anything you'll have more support and it'll be easier for you to complete those goals with a partner than without okay all right what are your thoughts Hassan? yeah go ahead uh th that's interesting I, I actually just was thinking that experiences i've been in some long-term relationships 10 years five years six years i was in these relationships part of me wanted to to commit and get married i even was engaged a couple of times but the other part of me didn't want to do it because in reflection my lack of self-discovery so i wasn't able to be myself because i actually didn't know myself and i wasn't sure i didn't know myself so it's like i, I was almost playing a role of, of what a relationship should be. I mean, the person had all the checks, very attractive, successful, intelligent, all these things, right? And and, and, and somewhat of a trophy, you know, um, um, uh, to gratify my ego. But deep down inside, it's like the person was only okay to me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I love them. I don't know if I was in love with them. I'm like, well, what is being in love with someone anyway? I like most people. You know what I'm saying? Half the time, I didn't deeply even love myself. So that's something also to consider. It's like people say, I love you, but damn, but do you really love yourself? Everybody says yes as a default, but on a deep level, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why be in a relationship with a person talking about marriage if you if you haven't discovered yourself or if you don't love yourself? I feel like that's when it's time well, to really remove yourself from a relationship and work on you. There's a lot of reasons. I mean, one is ego. One mm -hmm. is like you, you're not aware of not what you're not aware of. I mean, yeah, yeah. From from an outside standpoint, we can analyze what somebody should, would, or could do, but but in reality, someone's internal mechanisms functions differently. When you know it, what I mean, when you boil it down, and I think this goes to both your points. Yes, there's multitude of reasons, but yeah. the ultimate the ultimate reason is always based on fear. Right. Whenever you're doing something that, you know, doesn't sit right. The reason you're justifying doing it is somewhere there's a fear of something. There's a fear of I'm going to be alone if I if I break up with them. There's a fear of, oh, I'm going to be a fraud. Or maybe there's a thought process of like, OK, I, I, I can get it together enough. You know, we are no better at lying to anyone better than we are at lying to ourselves. Right. And so there's that whole con, that whole uh, inner monologue to, to Hassan's point. And this is, again, one example. It doesn't mean this is what was happening, but this is just one of many possible scenarios. It could have been like, you know what? I'm going to keep this person because when I do get myself and when I do find that love, then I'm ready, right? That's the only barrier. We're telling ourselves that. But maybe it was just the ego protecting himself from something deeper. Maybe it's like, no, 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 no. There's a lot down here that we got to get to that I'm not going to give to you right now because it'll wreck your world, right? You got a lot of things going on. You got a lot of good things going on. So we're going to, that's what we want. We want the body, we want the human vessel to thrive. We want it to be fruitful. We want it to be healthy. So we're going to lie to ourselves and even our subconscious will say, yeah, 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 you're doing good. You're doing good because you're alive. 
right? You're alive. You got yeah. a mate. You got you got uh you got potential. You got a future. There's hope. We start revealing some stuff. Woo! Then it's like mm, that light gets a little dim. Um, Alexandra, any anything in 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 your experience or any uh, maybe even in, in your book, anything that speaks to anything we've discussed? Uh, absolutely. Um, I do also uh, think that confidence and being uh, very self-confident and self-secured. And from my experience, I actually was engaged. And uh, we've been together for four years. And the year uh, after we met, uh, my ex-fiance proposed to me. The problems... Uh, uh, I would say not the problem, but his insecurity uh, caused uh, a lot of jealousy because at that time um, it was, uh, I was at the peak of my career. So I got promoted and uh, in his, uh, in his mind, um, I, uh, he was not good enough and uh, he was constantly uh talking and kind of like uh, saying that oh you you can find better and richer and even though never for me materialistic uh things didn't really matter but i think it uh when a man or a woman is not uh, uh confident or is not secure self-secure and um if the other person doesn't have confidence in himself or herself and uh, that will also cause like fears of losing uh losing me in this uh, situation this relationships and it was just uh then it, it went down uh, down the down the hill okay so. okay so so something i want to throw into the mix i'm about to turn up the heat right because everything that we've been talking about everything that everybody's been saying comes from the standpoint of reasons why a person may want to get married, but just doesn't pull that trigger. And I think that's great. And I think that's something that definitely needs attention and may need its own uh, segment where we kind of pick apart why, how we kind of self-sabotage, whether it's lack of growth, whether it's selfishness, whether it's immaturity, whether it's uh, the, the hope of wanting to attain something, wh whatever it may be that we kind of self-sabotage. I want to talk about, and I'm, I might, I'm, like I said, I'm about to turn up the heat. What about the reasons when somebody says, I don't want to be married? What about the population that says, you know what? <laughs> I'm not even trying to be married. Why do I need to be married? Married for what? Oh, married for what? what? What is wow. marriage? And I've yeah. been on the fence with this for years because I do come from a very, I had a, a great example of my mother and father who are still married to this day. Uh, a great example uh, growing up. However, as I grew up, my mind started questioning. What is marriage? What is the point? What is the institution? Why is it such a huge, huge, huge ball? If this is not the goal, then I don't want to be with this person in a relationship. In my mind, I'm like, well, are you with me? Or you just want to be with me to get to the marriage, right? What, is, what if I said, I don't want to be married? Well, am I still viable? Am I still valued to what I bring to the relationship? If I gotta be with you through obligation and not by choice, that kind of tarnishes it for me. That diminishes it a little bit for me. And I feel vice versa. I feel like, hey, don't be with me because this legal obligation, this contract that we signed, if you don't like what's happening, you are an individual. I don't own you. You don't own me. You have the right to do what is best for you at any moment in time. And if I am not that, then I can't blame you. I can't hold that against you. If I want to, if I keep you and I, if I want to keep you and I value you, then I'll do what I can. Right. But if it's not enough, it's not enough. And I don't want to be in a relationship where that's the case. And they're only there because that to me, I feel like, hey, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about why is marriage such a big deal. Right. What is it? What? Why can't I be with you and have the same marriage under a different name? We're together. Yeah. I'm committed to you for life. I just don't have, I just did not go in front of a preacher or a judge or a pastor, but it doesn't take away my commitment to you. I see a lot of heads and let's go. Let's get into it. Let's go, Trish. Let's go, Rhea. I want to hear why. Bring it, bring it on. Rhea, you've been married for 13 years. What if your husband 
was like, look, I'm with you to the end, but I just can't sign a paper. So that wouldn't work for me. Uh, <laughs> Why? Let's talk about it. Why? Um, okay. So at the age I'm at now, like looking at marriage and then thinking about when I got married. So my answer now would, my answer then would have been very differently. So I know for me, like I need the security, God forbid you die. Like I need some sort of financial benefits from being legally married to you, uh-huh. and things of that nature. Like, so, so for me, go ahead. Uh, a power of attorney wouldn't work. Uh, <laughs> instruments. There's got to so, be instruments so no, that we can. I mean, I don't know. No, I don't know okay, the, legal, so, the legal lease. I don't know. I'm just so, asking. So, and the thing is, so that, and again, I'm not 100% sure, like on the legalese. So, with that, I can make decisions. But if he dies, if I'm not his wife, what he has in his his 401k, and then even from his years of working, mm-hmm. that will go to my kids. I don't see, I don't reap any of those financial benefits. Not so even in a last will and testament, even if that with that. So if he has, I don't money, know what holds up. So, so yeah, so he can leave like his 401k, that type of stuff. But case in point, like if a kid has a, if the kid's parent passes away before they're 18, they mm. will look at the years of work that that parent has worked and a kid will get said funds based on that. If I'm not my husband, if I'm not legally married to somebody as his wife, mm-hmm. I, if I'm not his wife, I don't get any of those benefits for myself. Okay, okay. My kids, get the whoever benefits. their dad is, they, he, they will get that. But from a legal standpoint, if I'm not okay. legally married, I don't get okay. any of that. So my answer now is more attached to just like the legalese or the, the, the stuff that I can attain just by simply having that legal mm-hmm. piece of paper. And then I also think like when you have that legally binding contract or whatever, there are certain things that you will experience in your marriage that you're willing to work through mm. because you're legally bound versus just saying deuces, I'm mm-hmm. out of here. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, 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 I see that. Trish, you over there nodding. You've been nodding the whole time. Marriage is definitely a goal. Like I, at 37, my, in my 37 young years of age, I'd say, you know, when I meet somebody, I'm going to let you know that this is my goal. You could be wonderful. You could be great. You could be right. You could be perfect. And if that does not fall in the line with, with mine, I'm not going to compromise the things that I want in my life for someone that doesn't. There's another woman out there that is perfect for a guy like that, but that's just not me. I think long-term, I think about having someone that I can share certain things with. Um, You know, when, again, I said this, when I feel like we can do so much more together than we can apart. I feel like when you're- Why can't you do that anyway? Listen, listen, Mm -hmm. you can, can, because Mm -hmm. I definitely built businesses and and bought houses and cars and stuff with people that, I wasn't married to, but here's where the mistake was. When the relationship uh-huh. was over, they just walked away and left me. With okay. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if we were married and we did all of that, you can't just leave me and walk away with the bill. You can't just leave me and walk away with all these different burdens. You uh-huh. have legally, like it's it's legally holding up your end of the bargain. It's, it's, it's working through whatever the problem is. And I think like Rhea said, you're going to, when you're married, you're going to be more willing to walk through those, walk not walk, work through those problems. I feel like if I know I could just leave at any given point in time, I'm gonna leave at any given point in time. Go do what I So let me let me ask you this. Are you working through those problems because you still care for the person or are you working through those problems because you don't want the contract to be broken? I feel like that contract makes you um it makes you more accountable. You and I made a commitment, a long-term commitment to each other. And because we made this commitment, we have to figure out the best way to get through this problem. Sometimes yeah. you can't. Sometimes uh-huh. you can't. And right. you know, you That's when the lawyers come in, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. We can't do it. The lawyers going to figure it out for us. Before you get to the divorce part, mm-hmm. you're, it forces you to really sit down and talk about everything that is going on it forces you to be vulnerable with that person in a way that if we're not married i don't have to this is just my reason i don't want to be with you no more the end and walk away you know um i definitely think that i feel like a lot of of our generation Mm -hmm. i feel like we're getting married later i feel like we are being more selective on how we're on who we're marrying and and the conversation 
that we're having. And I feel like it has its good points and its bad points. I feel like, a, a, and I always say I feel like it because I'm not, I'm not an expert here, but um, none of us are. Like mm. With us waiting to make sure that we're more secure, the partners that we're choosing. So making sure our careers are secure, making sure that we've got the houses, the money in the bank. What we're doing is setting us up for long-term marriages. So the goal here isn't, okay, in case we break up, this is my security blanket. Now I'm looking for someone to just share it all with. It's just a companionship. So I feel like a lot of us are waiting longer just because we're waiting to make sure like I've done all the work, kind of what we were talking about earlier, and now I'm ready to share the rest of my life with someone so that we don't have to worry about what happens in case we break up. No, this is it. You're who I want to be with. Okay. So let's take a quick break. I want to hear from Alexandra and uh, Hassan on, on that topic of what do you, like, what, how do you handle being in a relationship with someone who says, I don't want to be married, but you love that person dearly. So let's take a quick break from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to keep the topic going. This is Talk It Over, the only dating relationship podcast that begins in bed. All right. Welcome back to Talk It Over. Only dating and relationship podcast that begins in bed, and woo, we are talking over a hot topic today. The steam is going, the knives are out. Well, the knives not out yet. The knives not out. They on the, they on the table though. We don't put the <laughs> weapons on the table to let you know it's real. So before we, before we took a break, first Trisha, for the people just joining us, let let our listeners know what the topic is that we're talking over. All right. So today's topic is, is marriage still a goal? All right. Is marriage still a goal? Why are men and women, women waiting longer to get married or if marriage should be a goal? And so before, before we took a quick break, the, the last thing we were talking about was, or, or, you know, how do you reconcile being with someone whose marriage may not be the goal? Maybe like you said earlier, you have found Mr. Right or Mrs. Right but the only missing piece is they just don't believe in the institution of marriage. What, what do we do then? So Alexandra, Hassan, what, what are your thoughts? I was in relationships where uh, I've been told that, that that person didn't want to get married. And at that moment, I, I felt, uh, again, huge disappointment. And I broke off the relationships, you know, uh, Actually, marriage was my uh, my goal, and it still is uh, my goal. But uh, for that person, uh, the problem was he didn't believe in marriage, and he didn't think that in order for for both people to be happy, and uh, the piece of paper uh, would uh, determine and kind of certify your your love and your relationship. So, and my. Um, my opinion and my take on that is that person is not um, doesn't have this greater sense of not only commitment but maybe responsibility um and uh i think um just that person didn't feel uh confident and secure and um doesn't just doesn't believe in marriage and for me it was a deal breaker Okay, so so marriage. So what I'm hearing, marriage is a is the penultimate symbol of commitment. I am accepting all responsibility for us, us as a union, um, through good and bad. If when it's bad, I'm not because I'm married. I'm submitting on paper. I'm submitting in front of courts. That when if it does get bad, I will make the best decision possible to try to restore and stay and get the union back to good, right? Mm-hmm. And so marriage is the ultimate symbol of that. And everything else, if it's not marriage, it falls short of that. Nothing nothing else can get to that, can equate that level of commitment. That's a question. Am I wrong? Am I, is there anything? I don't know. <laughs> did I stop everybody? Should you I re- repeat, the repeat the question? Repeat the question. It veered away from what you, you know, what we, we were talking about before. And I, I'm still stuck on what we were talking about before. So that's like to the left. Okay. <laughs> so All right. So maybe that, maybe that deserves its own, maybe that deserves its own, yeah, that's its own, own segment. Yeah. It may, may have yeah, its own segment. Yeah. Okay. So we won't, yeah. we won't go that deep. I won't hit them. I told you I was turning up the heat. I told you yeah, before. But, but to, to ride off of the, the first topic, what, what we were just speaking of, I've been in, relationships where the woman didn't want to get married. I was like, cool. You know, it's like, they was like, I, I want to be in a relationship, but I don't want to get married. I was like, okay, because I really didn't want to be married either. So okay. we just had a sex relationship or 
casual relationship. So it was, so I never viewed it as being permanent. Okay, it was it had a time period, but it was an expiration date. But I didn't know what the expiration date was that time. You know, so I did that uh, over and over again. You know, and sometimes I just didn't want to be committed to that person. So you I was... didn't view them as someone I wanted to be with forever. I viewed them as someone temporary to satisfy her and my needs, and then that was it. You, you so, in common got a lot in common. Serial monogamy. Serial yeah, monogamous. Yeah, yeah. Because, because my mindset, because see, again, this was childhood conditioning. Because my, my conditioning was that have all the women that you can have, have, have the time of your life with, with women, have one, but have others. You can have a relationship, you can be married and have, another, have other women. Because my father was a womanizer. He had my mother, he had girlfriends, he always had women. So it was normalized. My uncles, my cousins, and, and that's the programming that I had. So mm -hmm, when he's mm -hmm. going out into the world trying to deprogram, it was uncomfortable because right. I've been programmed to this. It's a lot way. of work. Yeah. You know, so I'm work. trying to conform to society's um, 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 expectations and individuals' expectations, you know, because I would find I would like someone and I like spending time with them. And I would even say that I wanted to commit. But then when I go out, you know, I would just go back into, you know, the, the program wasn't as strong to stop me. Even when I was married, I still cheated. You know, I've been a serial cheater in relationships. I'm single. Um, I'm open, but I'm not particularly looking. Um, uh, I would like to be committed. You know what I mean? With, okay. with that person that, that, that the synergy is just there. Um, but uh, that, that hasn't happened yet. You know what I mean? I, so, I'm not. So do you think, do you think now after having learned, gone through that learning experience and, and recognizing exactly where that program was, was uh, instilled, do you think that you are now done enough work on yourself to be in a position to say, all right, yes, if somebody, if I'm with someone yes. and that partner says she wants to be married, I am yes. feeling confident. I am. Yes, okay, I cool, am. cool, cool. So the growth. Yes, actually, I, I am in that position now where, where, I mean, not just her, but me agreeing to it too. You know, what I'm gotcha. it's not her gotcha. accepting gotcha. me; it's me accepting her too. Gotcha. And if I if, if I'm totally comfortable with it, yeah, I'm I'm down to get married. Even at this time, you know, I'm a little older than some of y'all here, but you know, it's cool. You know, I'm down to get married. I never say never. It's never too late. I'm open minded. You know, to new to to, to new things and new people. So yes, definitely. I mean, that would be okay. great because I, I've never experienced being married and having mm -hmm. a family. You know, I do have a son. I have mm -hmm. been married. You know, I've been in relationships, but I've never been married with the family and the whole nine. So yeah, that, that's something that I aspire. Yes. Okay. Sure. So uh, Trish. Why yeah. is it something that you aspire? As O just was mentioning, you know, from going through um, self-analyzation, going through self-development, self-discovery, recovery, and all that stuff, I've learned a few things about myself and, you know, I, I've, I've been able to heal some wounds and, and uh, you know, ch uh, shift some perspectives and, you know, that I've come to a point where, you know, um, I wouldn't mind sharing myself with someone else. I didn't have the capability of sharing, of, of being truly open and able to share myself with someone else because I wasn't even, I didn't even have a hold on who the hell I was. So it's like, how I'm going to share something that I can't grasp myself? It's, it's impossible. Yeah. So, so now just at a different stage, it's like, okay, I have a, a greater sense of who I am, you know, what I want, you know what I mean? Where I am in the world, you know, what my purpose is. So now, you know, so now I come, I come with some things, you know, as an individual, you know, to bring to someone else. And, and with that person bringing their own set of things, it's like we could merge some things together and, you know, become this, you know, the, this uh, uh, collective. To, you know the I mean? two holes make a, a bigger hole. Course, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, so, you know, provided that we are, you know, traveling, you know, the same direction. We don't got to be on the same uh, specific bandwidth, but at least we have to be going in the same direction. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? With some gotcha. inter interchangeable abilities uh, for us to, to synergize ourselves. So yeah. one of the things I think, you, is really important in what you just said was the ability to to share and open yourself, which is can be scary for some people. Some people can do it with whoever they meet. They meet Tom, Dick, and Harry on the street, and they're just giving them their life story, right? They just I'm right. from this place, and for other people on the other yeah. end, end of the spectrum, they're very 
uh, introverted or closed in where it's like, I don't know if I want to share so much yet. And it can be a task trying to pull that, that out of people. Um, so I think that's very important because in a marriage, you are going to have to share. You're going to, that is supposed to be the closest person to you uh, on, on the planet, right? There's supposed to be no secrets, nothing that somebody else knows that your partner doesn't already know about you. Supposed to be. There's a lot of things that are supposed to happen, um, but that is what a successful relationship, not even just marriage, but a successful relationship that can get to and grow into a successful marriage. That's one of those things that are gonna be very, very, very uh, important. Two things I wanna do real quick. I wanna, uh, Anna, our, our producer, gave us some beautiful articles on that talked about why millennials or why the population is waiting later to get uh, married. And then I also wanna talk about something that was pointed out, the business, the business side of, of marriage, the business side of the contract of marriage. So real quickly, uh, I'm just gonna share really briefly, uh, this comes from Psychology Today. Uh, it was an article written last year by Deanna Kirshner. She's a PhD. And the title of the article is Eight Common Fears That Men, I'm gonna uh, annotate that to everyone, Eight Common Fears That People Have of Making a Commitment. I'm gonna read real briefly. You can find it on Psychology Today. She says, in her clinical experience, fears, these fears, these eight common fears, have roots in childhood and adolescence. All right. She's a clinical psychologist and researcher, and she found eight common fears of commitment. Number one, fear of rejection. Uh, number two, fear of being controlled and smothered, losing that independence, losing that identity. Number three, fear of not being lovable. Number four, fear of not measuring up. Number five, fear of being found out. Number six, fear of trusting a woman. Number seven, fear of growing up. And number eight, uh, fear that he can't make the right decision. Now, the article has tons of examples that she has given based off of her work with her clients and through research. So if you're interested, go check out Psychology Today, eight common uh, fears that men have of making a commitment. So I just wanted to share that really briefly with our with our listeners. Um, I do want to talk about the business, mm -hmm. the business of marriage, the contract, right? Because it is uh, it is a contract, right? As, as some people have said. So let me ask you, and you guys don't have to speak specifically on that. If there's something that you wanted to talk about from that article I just shared, please feel free. If we're looking at marriage or the license of marriage as a, as a business contract, would you necessarily sign that contract in any other circumstance, right? If this was not like that, that contract that says I'm going, if it's a business, let's say it's a business, you're going into this business, which is the marriage, but this, you're going into this business, take emotions out of the equation because we're just doing it as a contract, right? Would you sign a contract that says you are committed to this business for life? All right. Businesses, you know what it takes to get a successful business? You know how many things can go wrong in a business? And you're going to sit here and put yourself on the hook for life. If this business gets sued, you got to take the hit for life. If this business goes under, you got to take the hit for life. There's no getting out of this business. Competitors come in. They take your business partner. You got to stick here and handle this business by yourself for life. Or am I, am I overstating the contract portion of it? No, I, I'm sorry, y'all. So I just feel like what this sounds like is fear. With anything <laughs> you do, there is a risk in it. There is a risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that. You know, but the life like, part, would you sign yeah. a contract with a person that you're going into business with that says you got to be in business with this person for the rest of your life? But no, even in business, if it was if if it was the right business, if it had the potential to grow into something great. I mean, let's think about it like this. We know several Fortune 500 companies that started with just an idea. Didn't people didn't know if it was going to work or not. And they went out on a limb and they did it. And now they're billionaires. Same okay, thing. That's an exception, though. It's not how many businesses fail. Anything Most. has the ability to be great as long as you work hard at it. Uh, yeah, everything has the ability to do that. Everything has that potential. Exactly. But if you start breaking out the numbers, 80, 70% of businesses fail within the first five years. In the first five years, 80% of businesses fail. 80% fail. fail the first five years. And out of the remaining 20, 80% of them fail 
in the next five years after that. So in 10 years, most businesses definitely fail. But you gonna sign a contract that says for life. Go ahead, Rhea. But in, in all these like failures, to mm-hmm. me, that's just <clears throat> renego- That's just room for renegotiation. That okay, so that doesn't not gonna... fail from it. That just uh-huh. you go in there and you figure what needs to be tweaked and what needs to be changed. That doesn't mean like, oh, I'm just gonna throw everything overboard and walk away. That to me, like failures, just shows okay, there's room for growth. What do we need to change to get one step closer to our ideal whatever? Okay, so you're not selling. So it's like, all right, the shirts didn't sell. Let's sell these pants. The pants not selling, let's sell these hats. Right. You know, we're not even selling no more fabric because we can't sell fabric. We, we can't sell clothes. Let's get into the tech world. We can, re- we can renegotiate the terms of the business because the thing, even when you start business, who you mm-hmm. are in business, if we all started a business today, mm-hmm. who we are collectively today in business is not who we're going to be two Tomorrow, weeks from. That yeah. doesn't mean right. we shut up shop. That just means, okay, we've, we, we've all changed in this way. How mm-hmm. does our... How does it still work yeah. for the business or how do we still get the business to work cohesively despite the changes and despite our differences? Okay. All right. I like that. I respect that. Alexandra? Yeah. And to add to this, I think in life it's and business and relationships, it's about evolving, uh, making it better uh, as, as we negotiate the, the terms and uh we, we share the same goal of making it work and making a uh, business, in this case, transaction. So in order to achieve that, um, we want to, we wanna, as we said, give a fine tune and look at uh, the reasons and what obstacles and work on it together. And also to add to, to make this uh, um, business work, uh, I'm going to enter into marriage being very happy and I consider myself as fundamentally happy person. And I think if I'm content with, with myself and uh, with my life and, and where I am at now, I can make that other person happier and make this relationships in this case, business work. Okay. All right. Um, Maria, could could you? I want to ask you because I, I I listed off the fears and that does do you find in your work in your line of work that the eight common fears that that actually is is kind of true that those you see that often when it comes to what may potentially be keeping someone from making that full on commitment. Absolutely, um, and I don't remember if it was listed, but I feel like what I hear most often is. Well, I didn't have the example of what a successful marriage looks like, so I don't want to go there. Or everybody I know has gotten divorced. I don't Mm want to be like them. So that's fear of rejection and fear of measuring up. I never had the example, so I don't know if I can measure up to the to the uh, responsibility, I guess. And then, yeah, using your your peers are a huge influence on on everything you do. Your peers are a significant influence, and if you're seeing that. If all your peers are having just examples of going through it with with terrible marriages and and sometimes divorce, that would, especially in uh, even if it's within your own family, maybe it's not even a peer, but you see the stress of um, a relationship ending and you see the toll it takes on a family member or someone like that. And that could also inject fear into your your level of commitment saying i don't want to i don't want to have to ever go through that i can't i don't want to get married because i don't want to ever have to face the possibility possibility of divorce right so that could hold you back too but why um why are we talking about marriage like divorce is the option like does that make sense (laughs) like i feel like i feel like a lot of people think of oh i don't want to get married because i don't want to get divorced well why are you even thinking about divorce yeah yeah like, it's like, okay, it for me, it's, it's the same as if we enter into this, we're getting married. The whole goal of getting married is not to get divorced. It's to get, we're, it's so that we make this long-term commitment to each other. Like, and we, we, we find companionship in each other. We grow old together. We have kids and grandkids and build a wonderful life and beautiful home and cars and family. And, you know, we have this beautiful life together. Why do we go into it thinking that, well, I don't want to get married because I don't want to get divorced. I don't, I don't understand why that's even a thought. Like, there, uh, again, like fear. I think it would be just fear. 
Well, I think I, I hear that, but I do think it's a bit of like fear. If you've seen, if you saw somebody jump off a car and break their leg, you gonna think twice before you jump off that car. You're gonna be like, uh, I don't know, man. Like I like it looked fun. It looked like, but this dude is in pain right now. I don't know if I want to jump off this car. And so it's not, I, I get what you're saying. I don't think anybody, I don't, I agree with you. I don't think somebody should approach marriage in the like thinking that we're going to get divorced. But then there's also, you look out in the real world and you say, well, the divorce rate is, is what, 51% last time I checked? Like flipping a coin. I got a yeah. better chance of flipping a coin than saying, <laughs> that's, you can't, you can't ignore, unfortunately, statistics. And you can't ignore real world examples when it, it may be happening among your peer group. True. But in the same instance, again, did, did those yeah. things fail because they went into it knowing that divorce was an option? Did they- Oh, I don't know that. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's so many different variables. I feel like people in our, our generation, especially like waiting so long to get married that I'm going on 40. I'll be 40 in a couple of years. I don't plan on getting divorced. I hope whoever I'm married knows that, listen, we've lived almost half of our lifespan. It's time that if we're going to get married, like we, we for all the right reasons. Like, but yeah, I mean, that's an honest, that's a good conversation that you, anybody should have with the person that they can see as, you know, a potential husband or wife. Definitely you should have that openness where it's like, this is my intent. This is where I see it going. These are my reasons for choosing to get married. I think everybody, regardless of what reasons they are or what fears they are, I think that conversation is crucial to have before saying, I do. A lot of couples actually don't have that conversation. Uh, they end up getting married anyway. They don't uh, open up about their fears. And sometimes that could be the Trojan horse, right? That's the thing that yeah. you bring into the marriage and you don't, you haven't, you've been putting it under the rug. You've been hiding from it. You've been on, it's been in the back burner and then it just slowly, slowly, slowly starts to erode your ability to be, as Hassan has said before, that whole person that can be there for that partner. That's my, just my thought. That's my thought. Um, so. Yeah, I think uh, it's very important to value I have those great values uh, in, um, and share the same values as uh, honesty, decency. I think these days uh, there, there is a lack of uh, decency and honesty in people. Mm. And, I, blame, I blame reality um, TV. Started with, I'm not even gonna name them, but now we got the real housewives of whoever and it just keeps on going. Yeah, and, and yeah, besides all this materialistic and, and uh, business transaction. I still believe in uh, romance and uh, men wooing, wooing uh, women and winning their, our hearts over. And uh, if you add great personality and good human being, like the human being and uh, filled with optimism, enthusiasm and kindness. And I choose uh, over materialistic and I, I do know that everybody else here uh, on the podcast and uh, listeners share that uh, decent, decent, honest, and respectable uh, and respectful um, person um, can uh, contribute, and uh, we can we can fall in love just because of all these values. Nice. All right. Well, beautifully Besides. said. I, I would like to thank all of all of our guests and, and especially, uh, of course, my, my co-host, Trish. Thank you for being a part of this. And please go check out Alexandra Khan's book, What Not to Date. Please also check out Hassan's book. Uh, Hassan, give, give me the title again. It's called Success Inspirations 365. There you 365. go. Yes, and sir. so... The, the question, the topic was, is marriage still a goal? And Hassan says, yes, he has grown enough. He is ready to make that commitment. Alexandra says, yes, as long as your values are straight. Rhea said, miss me because I'm already taken. Don't, don't. <laughs> I'm good. You already missed the boat. And Trisha Trish said, don't come to me unless you're ready to get married. Like, don't even bring that to me. I'm on the fence. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to, I still got a lot of growing to do. I still, I believe in the institution of marriage. I just need to make sure that it's for my reasons and not yeah. for reasons 
that society says they should be uh, and mine alone. With that being said, I want to thank all our listeners for joining us. I want to thank Anna Banana and KI, who is yes, still very much a part of the Talk It Over family and production crew and our sound engineer, Bumpy. Thank you all for joining us. I hope, Alexandra, would you come back? Would you come do another one for us? Oh, absolutely. It would be a great pleasure. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rhea, I want to see you in here. You've, you've dropped a couple of jewels that I would love to get their own segment. So hopefully we can make that happen and get you back in here again. Um, and Hassan, Mr. Hassan, this was your first time through. Would you, would you like to join us again in the future? Certainly. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on deck. I'm on deck. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. And Trisha, Trish, depending on what time zone you're in, listen now. Hey, listen, don't you can't go too far because we're not going to be doing these podcasts at like nine in the morning to accommodate <laughs> you over in the Philippines or listen, specific listen. islands. I, I make uh-huh. no promises. Uh-huh. Wow. All right. Well, you're going to be the one. You're going to be the one up at midnight trying to get on our our time schedule. I'll I'll, I'll, make, I'll do what it, I I will do what is necessary to make that happen. Okay. All right. All right. So, wow. in in the words of our original host, KI, slow motion. Thank you all. Thank you. Bye. Peace. Bye. Right, peace. Bye. Peace. Take care. Ciao. Bye. Yay!